0: What up? What up? What up everyone? Welcome to episode 63 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Today's show, a Scoop beat Combo's Court collaboration. It was a great conversation. Hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. We discussed Kawhi's game winner, Jason Kidd's new role with the Los Angeles Lakers and possible landing spots for Zion. Let me know how you think about this episode right on the comments section of your Apple Podcast app. Leave a five-star rating and punch down on that subscribe button. Follow Scoop B on Twitter at Scoop B, that's S-C-O-O-P-B. You know you can follow me on Instagram at Two combo that's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get Into it,
1: Luca on the track.
0: Scoop, b welcome back,
2: man. Welcome back to Combo's court. What's the word? What's the word? My, my sources tell me
1: it's a combo podcast, Combo Court and Scoopy Radio, all in one. It's a collab.
2: What's better yes. than that? Yes, sir. How you feel? How you feel about that game yesterday, man? The way that ended was
1: crazy, man. Um, I couldn't have write a better written a better ending. I'm I'm happy for Kawhi Leonard. And the crazy thing is, in the NBA right now, um, no major star, at least from their high school beginnings. Um, is is in the playoffs if you look at you know CJ McCollum mid-major guy Kawhi Leonard mid-major guy right Uh, Steph Curry mid-major guy and then you have uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, from overseas it's crazy that um, today's NBA game with uh, or in the playoffs currently um, there is no one named LeBron James in it and LeBron James is still a story and you got mid-major and
2: European guys running the show. It's kind of cool to see for anybody that's a real basketball head. That is definitely cool, and it's great. And, you know, another thing is that the one-and-dones haven't even really been working out on the college level in terms of winning, if you look at the Final Four this year. I mean,
1: basketball, bowl is ball, players play. And, um, you know, it's, it's cool to just see. You know, you obviously, you love star power. You love, you know, the, the James Hardens of the world, the Russell Westbrooks of the world. Uh, LeBron James is of the world.
2: They have their place, but if you're a real basketball guy, it's kind of cool to see. The crazy thing about that Kawhi shot was that I felt that Embiid's contest almost got more arc on the ball for Kawhi, and, and it gave it even more of a chance for that basketball to go in. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. It, it definitely uh, it took me back to anything
1: that was geometry, anything that was physics uh, in that game. And uh, why, uh, the one thing that I, I enjoyed about um seeing Kawhi um do what he did last night um was the fact that I mean people were running his name into the ground last year he wasn't a team player um he didn't buy into a structure and you know I have all the respect in the world for the San Antonio Spurs as an organization and Greg Popovich um but I think that that model in today's NBA is a bit outdated and um it wasn't a matter of Kawhi uh, maybe not conforming. It was a matter, a, a matter of Kawhi knowing his worth and knowing what he could bring to a team and taking all of that stuff that people said uh, and implementing, implementing it, pardon me, into um, really and truly um, just being mm, the greatest that he could be. And I think his post-game press conference with Rosalind Golden-Woodie on TNT kind of exemplified that. He said, God is good. You know, I went through a lot last year and and I ended up just, you know, doing what I needed to do. Who would have thought that LeBron James leaving the the, the Eastern Conference and
2: and Kawhi Leonard entering the Eastern Conference would send them to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, no, for sure. And speaking of LeBron James, man, that injury set off like a crazy chain of events. Changed Um, everything. It it changed everything because I think that the Lakers were well on their
1: way to being at least a sixth or seventh seed. I'll tell you that at the All-Star break, uh, I spoke to... Um, a former Lakers assistant uh, at the airport, and we kind of talked about where he saw them going in the second half of the season. And he said, "We see them as a sixth because they did not want to play the Golden State Warriors as a seventh or an eighth, Um, and they felt comfortable getting into a sixth. But there was so much drama enveloped in addition to LeBron James's injury. For those who are listening, to the ones who. Uh, Carbo Podcast and the Scoop Radio Joint Podcast together. Uh, LeBron James uh, hurt himself on uh, Christmas Day against the Golden State Warriors. And, you know, th- that injury, sh- he should have sat out for six months. And he, he came back January 31st against the Los Angeles Clippers at Staples Center. And, I mean, I think a lot of people are slandering LeBron James's name the same way people were slandering Kawhi Leonard's name last season. And I think he's going to have something to prove coming into the next
2: season. What say you? I agree 100%. I think the mental rest and the physical rest will help him tremendously. Uh, yeah, I just see LeBron coming out, and, and I honestly think he'll prove himself as the best player in the league again. The only thing is, is that I, I, the, with the Lakers, I don't know if they don't get it together on, on their side. I don't see LeBron wanting to stay there for three more years. Yes, yes. and you saw Stephen A. Smith say last week. Um, that the
1: Lakers, uh, were looking to, um, potentially, or there's been talk about them trading him. Um, and I tweeted the other day, um, that I got a call after the trading deadline that the the, the Denver Nuggets and Lakers did have mutual interest. Uh, the Nuggets were a team, um, that the Lakers were considering shipping LeBron to and, uh, the Denver Nuggets were a player, uh, behind the scenes and potentially trying to get Anthony Davis as well. They offered some, some pieces to get Anthony Davis to do all the Pelicans, but he would have been on rental LeBron James, I think would be a fit on that, that nuggets
2: team. What do you think? I think so. I think it would, um, put a damper to Jamal Murray's development, but when you have a chance to have to add LeBron James and and give you a legitimate shot for a championship, I think that's a, that's an okay chance to take. Let me ask you something to Um, from a player's perspective,
1: um, do you think that when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers as a case study, for example, do you really think that all of those trade rumors, those Anthony Davis trade rumors, could put a damper on people's season or uh, as a level of trust? Do you think players distrust people when someone who is the, who has the magnitude of
2: LeBron James has the control of who can stay and who can go? I don't think so. Me personally, I don't. don't. Know. I think, I think everything, ha- I think everything went downhill after the injury. I think that was 95% of it. I don't think it was a trust issue. Me personally, I, you know, once you get on the court, I think all that stuff goes be out real. the window. And especially if you start winning, you know, I think winning cures everything. And with all the injuries they had, that was, there weren't going to win and they weren't going to be able to cure it with winning. And my question, my follow question to you is I've seen people say it. I want
1: to know what you think. Um, People say that LeBron James on the Los Angeles Lakers is kind of the epitome of Michael joining the Wizards. Do you see a comparison
2: there? No shot. No shot. I mean, it's the tail end of his prime, but it's still his prime. You know, I, I think he's still in his prime. It's the tail end. Jordan was 40 years old. You know, that was a huge difference. That was almost like a farewell tour. That was almost like what D. Wade was doing this year. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, agree I think LeBron is, I mean, Michael Jordan at that point, he was averaging 20 points, which was amazing at that age, mm-hmm. but he, but he wasn't, he wasn't at the level to be able to be the best player in a championship team. I think LeBron is still at that level. His defense has declined and I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that on the podcast. I don't think it's declined as much as people think. I think he's still a plus defender and offensively, you could look at his numbers this year. They were in fourth place in a tough Western conference and I think he's still a, a top level player. And I think he could prove to still be the best player in the NBA. How do you feel?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm subscribing to your theory. I I think that the, I think that people throw stones when someone's down. Um, a hundred percent,
2: a hundred percent. I agree with that.
1: Yeah. and, And then I also think that, um, that, that injury was a blessing in disguise for LeBron. The first major injury he had, he literally came to a new city, even though he had, he and his family had a familiarity with, with, um, Southern California, um, He came into a situation where not only was he going into a new team, his son was transitioning into um, high school or at least eighth grade to play basketball. He goes to the Crossroads school. Right. And I think that you're seeing this trend with with LeBron, Melo and Wade where they're really embracing not just being an NBA player, but being a dad. And even if you look at Melo, Melo was in a similar situation. And as to LeBron's, except LeBron was an active player in the NBA, Melo was not with the team, and Melo spent time with Cayenne, his son, playing, watching him play basketball in the city. And so when I look at LeBron, he got to spend a lot of time with his kids with the injury. But then, in addition to that, I also think um, that year one for the Lakers was never supposed to be a championship t- caliber season anyway. Right. I think that the thing that surprised you in all this was that the Portland's to the to the mainstream paid out of nowhere although i i always said that portland would be a top five top six team um but i think that with lebron he literally played in eight straight nba finals we're going back miami to cleveland and
2: um he needed a break yeah yeah you know what i know hindsight is 2020 20, and this year was was somewhat of a disaster but um and I, will, and I don't look like such an expert, like saying this in hindsight, but maybe a year off and then the Lakers would have been a better move. We're taking the Michael Jordan uh, approach. Except he didn't go play baseball. Right. Well, maybe he would have. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he would have. Who knows? Or football. Football would have been a better sport, for him, but that's not much mental or physical rest. <laughs>
1: No, and but it's one game a week, and then you just have
2: practice, and you're off on Mondays. That's true. That's true. So let me ask you a question: Do you feel like uh, at this point that Kyrie and LeBron could benefit playing with each other again?
1: Um, I think that they could. Will they is a different story. Um, I think, but 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 here's the thing: I think that as much as people make about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant joining, um, the Knicks. Together as teammates or Kyrie himself going to the to the Nets. Um, number one, Kyrie being a native of West Orange, New Jersey, and his dad being from the Bronx and his godfather being from the Bronx. There's pressure to being at home. Um, and, and it's just an, ex, an added extra. Everybody wanting everything and getting on your nerves that you didn't have in Cleveland, that you didn't have in Boston. Th- that said. If you still want to stay away from home and take that approach, L.A. would make sense. I can tell you that Kyrie Irving does like Los Angeles as as a city.
2: Yeah, um, who doesn't? Right,
1: right. <laughs> and he tra- and he has trained there in all seasons, and you know he enjoys that. Um, as far as as far as he and LeBron playing together, um, I think that it also depends on what else Los Angeles does this summer, as far as personnel. Uh, obviously, you know, Frank Vogel was hired as the head coach over the weekend with Jason Kidd being an assistant coach. Kyrie has ter- told me in the past um, that, you know, him being from West Orange, New Jersey and, and watching the Nets go to NBA finals, it was a pleasure to watch Jason Kidd play. Um, he really enjoyed watching Jason Kidd play and, and, and he grew up you know, liking him going to games at the Continental Airlines Arena or the Izod Center, or however you want to call it. Um, but I, I think that just because Jason Kidd is there just because LeBron is there, there's a familiarity that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. But I will tell you that it is interesting that Ty Lue did turn down the job because the Lakers wanted to pick Jason Kidd. Another thing that I can't share with you is that um, from what I understand about um, Kyrie's time in Cleveland, he and Ty Lue were not the best of friends. And maybe um, Ty Lue turning down that job is a blessing in disguise. And if Kyrie does want to go there, there you
2: go. Do you feel like this dynamic bet- with uh, Jason Kidd and, and Vogel work? Because, you know, we've seen it before. Even when Ty Lue, as you were just talking about, took the, uh, got the job from David Blatt, it's kind of like the guy who's going to replace you is right there with you. Can you speak to that dynamic in well, the NBA? Well, I, I can share with you um, that Jason
1: Kidd was the favorite of the Lakers all along okay. um, and had Magic Johnson still been president of basketball operations, um, it would have been a much more easier hire. I can also share with you um, that I had been on the Jason Kidd trail since November. Uh, I saw that. I and, saw that. And, and we'll tell you that, you know, a leak sort of shared with me that if, from what has been reported that the difference situation with David Blatt and Jason Kidd situation and Frank Vogel is this. Ty Lue came in as a highly respected, highly touted touted um, assistant coach. He was up under, he played with Michael Jordan. He played with Shaq and Kobe um, and, and many other players. And he was a lead assistant under Doc Rivers, was on, was on that bench when they won the championship in Boston and was on the Clippers bench with Doc. And they came in the right opportunity with Cleveland under David Black. Um, people knew that Tyler was going to be great. Jason Kidd being an assistant coach with the Lakers is kind of a step back because of all of the criticism a- Radio. Asked and some of the things that have happened to him legally in the past. Um, and the optics, as far as the whole domestic violence thing that happened 20 years ago has resurfaced, particularly because the Lakers are run by Jeannie Buss, who is a woman. And in today's social media era, you just got to be so careful. Jason Kidd being an assistant coach with the Lakers is kind of a reset for him because the stuff in Brooklyn, it was assumed that he just wanted to take over uh, with Billy King. And then the Milwaukee situation, it ended abruptly. But the thing about Jason Kidd was um, he is a basketball mind. I think that he learned how to be a coach on the fly because he literally retired and then became a head coach with the Nets. That was the cheat code into the coaching ranks because he was there you know, he, he took him to two NBA championships and was the man, revitalized that, 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 that franchise. Um, Jason Kidd in Los Angeles is a brand new start. Uh, Lonzo Ball being quote-unquote just like him is kind of the entry point. And then I think that um, him and LeBron James actually being friends um, is a bonus. Yeah, uh, Frank Vogel took $5 million per year for three years Tyronn Lue wanted six million for three years, so they saved three million. And in addition to that, Frank Vogel is on the clock. People assume because Jason Kidd has has had a reputation for you know potentially getting coaches fired, et cetera, um, as a player, and then you know the, him be him having business savvy and, and as a coach, um, people just assume that he's coming into LA and is going to take Frank Vogel's job, but. The facts remain, Frank Vogel is not a bad coach at all, no. but I think
2: yeah.
1: he's not a name. Most people who are hired by Lakers organizations have been a former Laker or are tied to the Lakers in some capacity. The only tie Vogel has to the Lakers is Phil Jackson, who spoke on his behalf, and Kurt Rambus. But... Jason Kidd also played under Kurt Rambis during his, the end of his career with the Knicks. So it, it, it's a it's a jigsaw puzzle of relationships. Ultimately, I do see Lonzo Ball benefiting from Jason Kidd being there. I do see Jason Kidd and LeBron James getting closer. And I think that in the next year, you're going to eventually see Jason Kidd become the head coach of, of the Los Angeles Lakers. So let's just be honest, frank, and clear. Um, but I don't think it's as, as blatant as or as obvious as the
2: the the black and and Lou situation, they're they're different uh, idiosyncrasies to that. That's interesting because you know the last time the Knicks were good, uh, maybe Jason Kidd could take the similar role just without playing. Obviously, Jason Kidd was on the team, you know, with the Knicks, so maybe he could take that locker room that locker room role again. Obviously, being a coach this time and take them to the next level. That's what you think. That's what I hope for for the Lakers because. I think he, I think him in the locker room is a good thing. I mean, he's a brilliant mind when it comes to basketball and, and it shows and it proves it by when he was with the Knicks, he really helped them, even though he wasn't the player that he used to be, you know, he developed his jumper. That's it true though. That's it's true. Crazy. But, but I just felt like he was a winner and, and his kind of like that rubbed oh, yeah. off on others in a way that, Oh yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, you, you rubbed off on guys like J.R. Smith, Prigioni, Carmelo, and you brought Tyson Chandler with yeah, you. Yeah,
2: for sure. From Dallas. For sure.
1: So well, I, I think when you look at that situation with Jason Kidd, I mean, he literally shifted to the two guard position during his Knicks reign. Um, I think that that Knicks team, like you said, hasn't been good since 2013 when they went to the uh, when they went to the playoffs. Um, but, but I also think to talk about the Knicks, I, I could see Jason Kidd being that that guy. But the Knicks with coaching has just always been an interesting case study because. You didn't bring in Jason Kidd, who could have made that transition, but you brought in um, Derek Fisher, who just had a look, but he wasn't that guy. Yeah. And to me, it looks similarly to um, when the Lakers brought in Byron Scott during Kobe's last couple years, except at least Byron Scott had appeared in NBA Finals and more. Like Those guys had a look. I think the funny thing about it is guys like Monty Williams and guys like Jason Kidd and even – I'll use Derek Fox. Oh, excuse me. Rick – I'm saying Derek Fox. Derek Fisher were guys who were still wet under the ears and were allowed to get on-the-job training without any coaching or assistant coaching experience. That is now the standard.
2: And Jason Kidd started that, right? Him and Derek Fisher and Monty Williams started. Yeah. 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 He, he, did, he did help Giannis develop as well, and, and uh, this seems wrong in the moment, but I've always been a little bit higher on Ben than everybody else recently, and I always haven't been as high on Giannis. I just feel that Giannis, is, the team is just built for him, and I'd like to see Ben get in that situation. I feel like with the Sixers, that they take up each other's space pretty much. You know, Jimmy Butler likes the mid-range. Um, ben hangs out underneath the rim. Joel's down there, and I—I I don't. Know, I would love to see them. Somebody build a team around Ben. I really think he could be a great player.
1: But you as a guard, you're gonna say that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that Joel and though has to figure out if he's a tall, a really tall guard, or he's an interior guy. And I think that when you look at the Sixers. That game seven, for example, had nothing to do with, with coaching and more. I think the Sixers were lucky
2: to get as far as they got this season. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, talent wise, they and talent wise they weren't lucky, but the way they were, the way the team was set up, you're right, they were lucky. But look, if you started the season with Tobias Harris, and I mean Jimmy Butler was was
1: was, was brought in early in the season, but if you started that team with Harris, Butler,
2: Simmons, Embiid, and Bobon, and, and they had time to gel. I think they could beat Toronto. Yeah, the only thing was at the end of that game, they didn't have a point guard that could set the table. You know? Yeah. Like, like a CP3 type player. Obviously, I mean, it, it's tough just to add a CP3 in the mix. But I think, honestly, um, McConley didn't even get he, – he had a DNP. I think he could have been used a little bit more. Scoop yeah, I, I,
1: but, but here's the thing. When you look at the Sixers, particularly the playoffs, they started really, you know – naming or, or or at least accepting the fact that Jimmy Butler would play point guard at certain n- n- key moments yeah. and, and Simmons would find his way in the post, yeah. which in game six, that worked for him.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: It, because when you when you have guys like, like Simmons and Jimmy Butler who are tall guards that can kind of bring your best defender out to guard you, you can get open threes. But then why is Joel Embiid standing on the corner? Why is he not in the post? If you're drawing, if you're drawing out guys that way, um, yeah, and you're commanding those double teams. So I, I think, I think honestly, I would like to see certain sets where a guy of T.J. McConnell's size is the starting point guard. Right. Simmons is off the ball. Jimmy Butler is the three, and almost like you said, a, 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 a Chris Paul because McConnell is not a distributing. He's like a shooting
2: guard. He right. happens to know how to play point guard. He's not a point guard point guard, in my opinion. No, he's not. But I felt like um, at the end of that game, he could have done a little bit more than Jimmy Butler at the top. You know what I mean? Setting up yeah. others. But yeah, he's not a pure point guard either. Like, he's not like a, a Rubio would be ideal, you know? Or like a CP3. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or somebody like JJ. Like, J- like to me, JJ is their savior, but he's a liability sometimes defensively. Definitely. At his yeah. size, because you have such a big Ben Simmons, who's your point guard.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. It'll be the Warriors versus Portland. Um, yes. Will, can, will, will Cantor even be able to play in this game? <laughs> who's he going to guard?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think Cantor is one of those misnomers
2: like we talked about with Joel Embiid. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And I love his game, by he, the way. I always was high on Cantor as an offensive player. He's a beast down there. Because he's your size but can play big. <laughs> he's bigger than me, bro. But I'm saying he's skinny. Yeah, 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 definitely. He's a, definitely.
1: Look, in hip-hop, you got the slim, thick girls. In basketball, you got the skinny, big guys.
2: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: I think that when you look at... I think when you look at Cantor, a guy that is 6'10", 6'8", somewhere between 6'8", 6'10", um, that is your utility guy that can do so many different things. And to be <laughs> honest with you... His, his skill set, his size fits with the Warriors, um, which was why I think that when I look at the Portland Trail Blazers, even though Canner fits seamlessly, somebody like Carmelo Anthony, Anthony could fit seamlessly. They just needed another scorer because Nurkic was out. Right. And he's done wonders for that team. Um, I think that his height, size, weight, and his ability from 16 feet out and beyond is going to be a benefit because he's going to Draymond's going to have to guard him. Can Draymond check him?
2: Can he check Draymond? Though that's the question. Conventional wisdom says no, but Portland's been doing some things this year that has surprised everybody. That's true, and and it depends on if Kawhi's making that jump shot. That changes a lot too. That changes everything. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think
1: that I think that um, you know, I think when you look at the Portland um, Golden State series. The one thing that stands out to, to me this year as opposed to years past is like Steph Curry can't guard Lillard. No. Clay can't guard CJ. You don't think so? No.
2: Really? Yes. I think Clay could, is one of the better defenders. Probably the best defender outside of probably outside of Patrick Beverly and Kawhi. he, he might be the best premier defender in the league. I think Clay's gonna have problems with CJ in this series. Yeah, I mean, it's not he is big. a lot he is a lot bigger than him. I mean, he's not as quick. He's bigger? Than, you're talking about Clay's bigger than CJ? Yeah, C. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes. Yeah.
1: Clay is bigger than CJ, but CJ's quicker than Clay.
2: And Yeah, and he's very crafty.
1: He's crafty. Now, yeah. on the other side of the ball, I think CJ's going to have a problem checking Clay. I think they're both going to have problems checking each other. I feel like the neutralizer in this series is going to be Kevin Durant, and is he going to be healthy? I don't believe that calf strain injury.
2: Really, I believe it's worse than that personally. you know you know what I was thinking about? see if he, if he is out, there's this false narrative that the warriors are better without k d and like while the ball movement might be a little bit better, they, they just have a better chance to win a championship with k d and it's not even close, you know I think that k d being out proves to folks that
1: he was a luxury, not a necessity and and, and not a necessity, yeah. but I'll tell you what. In 2017, when they played the uh, LeBron James-led Cavaliers, I don't think he was a luxury. He was a necessity. Yeah. Well, Um, I, I think to win it all this year, he might be a necessity. Yeah, because now the NBA has adapted to the Warriors. The Warriors style of play is how everybody plays now.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
1: And so that makes the Warriors, like, Last year, the Houston Rockets were a mirror image of the Warriors, except they have better defense. Trevor Reason was that defensive cog. Um, and someone like um, Clint Capella was something that the Warriors wished that they had. A roving, like James Harden is the focal point of your team, but but Capella can still give you 20 and 20. The Rockets haven't had that since Hakeem Olajuwon.
2: So yeah.
1: A simp give you 20 and 20. Yeah and lo and behold, the Rockets still Go lost. Radio. So, like, in this situation, the Warriors, people want to kick them in the ground and say that they're old. They're literally the teacher, and everybody else is still a student because the Warriors have that potent offense because the key to the, the engine is, okay, if Steph is off his game, KD steps up. If KD is off, Draymond got to step up. If all of them are off, Clay can drop 50 at will. Like, Clay Thompson has the easiest job in the world. He just has to fill any holes that any of those guys don't 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 put in, even if he puts in 15 points, the Warriors will still win.
2: It'd be interesting to see Clay have like his own team, so to speak. And then the Boogie Cousins may be coming back to the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that, I think that with that quad I think that's huge for him because if he could have a few good games, it could allow him to get paid next year. You know. Yeah, and I mean he he's he's basically coming in just to get a ring
1: but also raise his value. 100%. Um, and if he can come back from that quad injury, he, he's golden. I mean, because he didn't get a p- big payday last summer. This is the time to get his big payday.
2: So he's got to kind of come back. So it, let's say he doesn't come back or he doesn't look great when he comes back. Do you feel like it's in his best interest to stay with the Warriors and take another lower deal? Yeah, I, yeah
1: especially because he's an insurance policy if KD leaves. I mean, although I reported what I reported about Kevin Durant and the Los Angeles Lakers, Let's let's be clear. Um, with that quad injury and just with the way that the NBA free agency is going right now, um, him staying for one more year um, is, is a realistic option, particularly because they're moving to the new arena in San Francisco next season. Um, and who's to say that the Knicks are going to, are going to do as well as everybody thinks they're going to do. And who's to say the Lakers are going to do as well as everybody says they're going to do, um, particularly with personnel and just, um, Etc. I don't I don't pour salt on either one of those teams, but like the Warriors could still legitimately win the championship, and then all those guys could come back again to the defend their championship. But at the same time, that team sometimes reminds me of the '98 Bulls. Like there's something that could be going on, and they want to disband the, the crew after it's over. So it, it could go either way. But as it relates to DeMarcus Cousins, DeMarcus Cousins, say KD leaves, say Draymond leaves,
2: he'd start he'd be in the starting lineup right away. Speaking of breaking it up, disbanding the crew, um. Of- We talked about Kyrie uh, and LeBron teaming up. What's your intel on uh, this whole thing with the Knicks, KD, Kyrie? Do you have any intel on all that? Um, Somewhat. I can share with you um, as it relates to Kevin Durant um,
1: that one of the guys that will be integral in getting Kevin Durant over to the New York Knicks uh, will be a guy by the name of Royal Ivy. Uh, Royal Ivy, as you know, Harlem native, um, recruited KD to come to Texas. When they were in college, Kevin Durant is also Royal Ivy's uh, child's godfather and will actually be in Royal Ivy's wedding uh, this summer as the best man. And um, some would argue that Royal Ivy was brought in to recruit Kevin Durant to come. Uh, I got a call about that some months ago just how deep that is. Um, in addition to that, uh, he does have a relationship with Alonzo Trier uh, of the New York Knicks. Um, and then also, uh, Rich Climate, right. who is Kevin Durant's Kevin Durant's manager, um, is from New York City, and uh, you know they have ties. But that doesn't really mean anything um, to some. I, I don't think it's a foregone conclusion just because in the past, Kevin Durant has been the guy that has not always – his decision-making changes. So he could – I mean, people could be saying the Knicks – hell, he could go to Toronto Raptors and join Kawhi Leonard for all we know. So, <laughs> you know, w- when when you look at that situation, that's that. As far as um, the Kyrie Irving situation goes, um, you know, West Orange, New Jersey native, um, his dad is from the from the South Bronx, along with, you know, Ross Strickland. I will tell you that um, Kyrie and, and, and um, Kevin Durant are very close. Um, I spent some time with the two of them at a function in Charlotte, um, during all-star weekend. And, um, I'll just say that the two of them, their relationship goes beyond who's teaming with who those guys actually have a genuine respect for one another. They want to see each other do well. They push each other their conversation. You you see that it's a, a conversation of love and respect. Um, but I think it's tricky because, um, KD is just a different, is a different type of guy. Like these guys are like, you know how like growing up, you saw all these guys that were just into Pokemon and fruit snacks when they, when they were kids. Yeah. And nerds. Yes. So they're the same way about basketball. Yes. Like it's 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 like you 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 respect their level of passion for the craft. Um. And you know during, during All Star Weekend they did spend a lot of time together, but that doesn't mean anything. A lot of people talk about that. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's where they're deciding that they're going to go. I think it comes down to what the Knicks put on paper, what the Lakers put on paper, and I think what what gets lost in the translation is, you know, Kyrie Irving is still a member of the Boston Celtics, and um, the way that the Celtics lost in that series, um, they shouldn't have lost.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: and I think that the grass is not always green on the other side. You know, the type of I think what gets lost in the translation with Kyrie Irving is, you know, he doesn't care about this. He doesn't care about that. He really is a student of his craft. If I were him, I would try to write that ship because the Eastern conference is getting even more competitive. In my opinion, the Eastern conference is becoming more the Western conference. It's just competitive. You got guys that are coming up um, younger guys that are, that are building more and more. Um, And, and even if Kyrie was signed for like a a one year offer, just for a year, just to get it right. Because that team has good players on the floor, you know. Brad Stevens isn't chopped meat. Um, you know, you you have uh, Marcus Smart. You have um, you, you you have Al Horford, who said he would take a smaller deal, you know, with a no trade clause in his contract to return, you know, to the Spurs. Excuse me, to the to the uh, Boston Celtics. Uh, I said Spurs because that sounds very Spurs like. Um, <laughs> you, you yeah, know, I just think that you know you know what you have on the court with the Celtics, the Knicks. They're forming something. But you don't know what the Lakers, they kind of have it, but you have LeBron James. Um, and as far as KD, I think people are sleeping in the Los Angeles Clippers as well. I mean, you saw what they were able to do in the playoffs against the Golden State Warriors, took
2: them to the six games. And um, I think that's a team that you should be paying attention to as well. To, to your point, best case scenario, let's say with the Knicks with the best case scenario, they get Zion, right? They get Kyrie mm-hmm. and they get KD. That doesn't guarantee you a championship with don't all these great teams right. in the league. It does not. You know? It does not. Because... Be honest with you, you you may get mad. I think New York will ruin Zion Williamson. Yeah, it might not be the I'm not gonna get mad, but I don't I don't I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think like a Phoenix might be better for him. You know, somewhere he could really mm-hmm. thrive and be, but not have all those bright lights around him. <laughs>
1: yep. I think a Phoenix, I think a Chicago, I mean, even a Chicago, and I'll tell you why, because they're a young organization. You got other guys that are young. You have Larry Market you have um, you have um, Wendell Carter Jr. Um,
2: you have other guys, yeah. but he's underrated. Know. He's underrated, by it. he's a good Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, he's a good basketball player.
1: I think Lowry is very underrated. Lowry's just been hurt for sure. But I do think what you said about Phoenix makes sense. I think Phoenix and their movement, particularly hiring Monty Williams, um, you 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 have other guys you could build around. Uh, I'm cool with with uh, Jamal Crawford, and you know I watched how he. You know, as a veteran, went to Phoenix this season when Philly really wanted him, and he went in and he performed, and he really mentored those guys, and he, it was a joy to work. even though they were losing, he had a lot of fun playing with those guys, and those guys are going to remember that. Um, I think that that Phoenix team under uh, Monty Williams is really going to flourish in the next couple of years for, yeah. real, for real with all those guys. I think Zion could go in and grow with those guys. I don't necessarily think that the New York experience would be the best one for him.
2: Definitely, and he'll be able to play off the ball, take and create more space for um, guys like Devin Booker and Jamal Crawford to make their life easier. You know, If Jamal Crawford resigns, but yes, I think you're right. Yeah. Great stuff, Scoop.
1: My man. Where can we find you, man? Follow me on Twitter at ScoopB, Instagram and Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Make sure to subscribe to the ScoopB Radio podcast, uh, which is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app or we'll simply visit scoopyradio.com have had anybody from Mark Cuban, Jamal Crawford himself, um the voice of Siri and a myriad of other people and we also have my man Salop on the Scoopy Radio podcast now this is a joint podcast with your pod and my pod and we're making big moves man I'm I'm glad to to have you on the pod I'm glad you've had me on
2: six, uh, a lot and got to make we got to continue to make moves definitely definitely we got to keep this up um, Have you been getting a little bit of rest? I know you're always in the mix, but we got to get you a little bit of rest once in a while, Scoop B. <laughs> um, yeah, the weekends are definitely
1: uh, a restful, restful place. But, you know, I, I'm glad.
2: I, honestly, I'll be glad when the finals are over I can, and the free agency is over. I can sleep a lot more. Scoop B, always working, man. Appreciate you being here. You know you're always welcome back, and I'm glad we were able to do this collab together. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. Talk to you soon, Scoop. All right, man. There it is,
0: episode 63 of Combo's Court is in the books, a Scoop B Combo's Court collaboration. Hope you enjoyed the show. Big shouts to Scoop for joining in. Combo Nation, man, let me know how you feel about this episode right on the comment section of your Apple Podcast app. It would mean the world to me. Leave a five-star rating as well. Be on the lookout for episode 64, Combo
1: Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues